Alright, and welcome back to Rad Country. Rad Country. I love it. Oh, I wish everybody could see your that. face when you're doing that. Oh man, we haven't done like <laughs> we haven't done like a live show in a while. I like, know. Actually, actually, I just don't have the capabilities of editing all of this that we do. So, it, yeah, that'd be too much. There's it's it's enough to ask for me to edit the vocals now. <laughs> which which isn't much it's just literally an app on my phone and i make it happen so yeah um so yeah another week um we've got some good guests coming up as well uh this wednesday uh i've got uh, shane raymer uh he is the owner operator of that sober guy podcast uh, if you've ever I've gone on there a few times and talked to him about it, but uh, I'm about to reach the six-year anniversary of my sobriety, and so Shane and I are going to chat, um, share some stories. Uh, I've got some <clears throat> stuff that's happening with friends of mine right now that I'm trying to help work them through, so this Wednesday, tune in for that. <clears throat> um, everybody that came out to the show this weekend in Maryville, Missouri, thank you. It was a great crowd, great time. It was the most receptive crowd I've probably ever had in Maryville. So, awesome. Awesome job. It's bringing nice. music to life there. It's crazy. Maryville, man, whenever I first started, it was it was difficult getting people to pay you to play. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, well, whatever. I'll just stick it out and try to do my part. And uh, now it's 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 a whole 180 so it's awesome good job maryville awesome shout out to maryville yes <laughs> um justin are you still detailing cars or are you i think so i think so for the foreseeable future i will be detailing cars um it Super is badass yeah it is badass uh, april is almost full and we are nice on the second week of april so um yeah Nice is right. It's busy. I can barely yeah. keep my eyes open. <laughs> so I dropped your name because Leslie may call you, but you got your work cut out for you on that one. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> Good. That's what we're here for. Uh, but, I, but I told her, I was like, yeah, give, she just called Justin. So um, <laughs> I usually end up cleaning her car and I don't want to anymore. So, yeah. yeah. When you but, work for uh, Radwash, you can clean that car. <laughs> well at least i always have employment there that's not exactly nice. <laughs> i'm <laughs> i'm your soft place where you can land when, yep. when everything else doesn't work you're you can my come detail uh, cars you're my parachute when yeah, all else we, fails we can live in a box Just together kidding. all right so uh, man man we got we got a sweet episode today guys so thank you all of you for tuning in we are about to break 1,000 downloads for our, our little podcast here that we <clears throat> started, I want to say, two years ago almost. And yeah. uh, we kind of started at the beginning of the pandemic. It was a idea that we formed together that we just wanted to chat. And <clears throat> I will tell you guys one thing. I listen to a lot of podcasts, and the most consistent message that I hear across the boards from podcasters is that 
you just got to do it whether you want to or not. And you'll just get better at talking with people. <clears throat> and I've noticed a big change in just my interactions with people outside of here, asking more mm-hmm. questions, which is going to loop into today's episode, <laughs> asking more questions. Yes. So, so our topic today that we wanted to talk <laughs> about was, was um, listening more and talking less. <laughs> I Dude, yeah. So we're gonna feels, try that on this. Feels like a college course. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're gonna try this on this episode, and Justin and I are gonna have a face off and see who can last longest. So, oh, <laughs> just kidding. Um, so <laughs> it's it's an interesting topic because it's always like in the back of my mind. Anyway, because I feel like I talk a lot. Yeah. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of. St- a lot of pressure mm-hmm. for me, I think in roles that I'm in and mm-hmm. everything else to carry the conversations because I just feel an obligation anyway. Yep. But uh, there's, there's more to it than just, just talking and saying what, you know, it's about what the other person knows. And I didn't realize how much stress was on it. Um, so just the broad, the broad topic, right? Like mm-hmm. talking less, listening more. What is your thoughts on that? The first thing that comes to mind, shoot it out of a cannon. Uh, if I just say one word hard uh, for me, because although I don't find myself talking a lot, if I'm put into a position where I am you know, need to be a coach or teacher, leader, whatever, um, and you're teaching a group or a class, then to me, it's hard to kind of of turn it off. You know what I mean? Like you want to give them all the knowledge. So if you're super confident in your subject or whatever it is, the thing, you just want to tell them like everything that you know, all the stuff that you have in your head, boom, here it is. And then it's like, oh shit, uh, I forgot to see if they were listening and the only way you can do that is through asking questions. And so for me, it's hard. I have to really think about that. I think you and I are similar that way. It's like you have to really say, okay, stop. Let's ask them if they've like comprehended what I just said for the last five minutes. And then actually maybe even just let the conversation go from their, that, like their point. You know what I'm saying? Like, let them ask a question. They say what they're, or, you know, you give the answer, but then it's like, open it up to the rest of the group. Like I see value in that too. So yeah, I don't know where to. I I think a question for me, and maybe we'll just ask this back and forth, but for somebody who you know is effectively listening to you, what are signs that you get from them that they are a good listener? (laughs) Uh, For Well, for sure they're paying attention. Like, uh, I guess that's how do I know that they're paying attention? They're looking at me. So eye contact. Like they're actually tracking like what I'm doing or saying, you know, if I'm up on a stage or if I'm in the front of a classroom or something like that, you know, they're kind of tracking with me. That would be kind of the first thing. I feel feel like most people do that. I mean, you have your people who just don't give a shit about whatever the the lesson is, I suppose, if that's what we're we're using as an analogy. But uh, there's a contact, but then there's engagement. I think the engagement is the most important part. So nobody really wants to be like the, the kid in the classroom. It's like, Hey, you know, Mrs. Apple tree, I know the answer or what, 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're like, shut up. We just want to, we want this class to get over. You know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Do you know? I think the, I think the interesting thing is, is though you've got to be talking to something, to someone that you're interested in, in order to engage and listen, at least for me. There, there is that part. Yes. I think that the, the speaker or, or whoever presenter, other person on the other end of the conversation, if you don't vibe with them, you're not going to engage with them. Right. I think that also I'm, I'm trying to re- recall times whenever I'm just like, Oh man, this is like, I can just listen to this all day. Yes. Um, and a lot of times it was like, I had teachers in college that would hold a lecture and I'd be like, this person's just a overall really good presenter. My yeah. music teacher, my vocal coach or music teacher at UNO, whenever I was in the choir was like that, just mm-hmm. demanded the room, commanded the room, but also was like, took the time to make sure that your needs were met by not even doing anything. If that makes sense. Like, right. everybody what was about, just like, can you pick out like a thing about them that made them that way? Like versus other ones, or could it have been the subject matter because you're super into music and creative that way? I would have to say that he just was somebody I trusted. Mm-hmm. I I I think that's where it comes from. It's like it's like relationships. It's like everything, right? If you trust somebody, you're going to give them your full undivided attention. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like this person was like, man you know, I really trust this guy. And I understand that, you know, he's got a boatload of knowledge that I want to have. And so I'm going to shut my mouth and listen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think it's like that simple. Uh, So I think like tips or, or things for, for people that are listening. And I'm, I'm going to be the first to admit that I'm not very good at this whatsoever. Like there are spurts. (laughs) I go through spurts where I just feel like I have to put myself in check and say, dude, shut the fuck up. Like, Mm -hmm. stop, Mm -hmm. stop talking. Nobody cares. And I think it's a nervous problem. Like if I'm nervous, I feel like I gotta, I gotta do all the talking in order to to fill radio silence. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. I, I'm convinced that I'm just socially awkward I just know how to hide it. Um, but yeah, when you, when I personally find myself in a situation, it could be, I just meet somebody off the street, you know what I mean? Like, or I'm standing in line and something happens and you have to engage with this person, you know what I mean? And it could be in a friendly way, but I'm like, if there's a moment of silence, like I kind of panic on the inside, like, oh shit. Um, and then you just like start saying stupid shit or I trip over my words because it's like my brain is working one way and my mouth is working another way. You know what I mean? It's like, it gets weird, but <laughs> I don't know if that's similar to the nervousness that you're talking about, but I, I get it from that angle. I wonder if that's like not going on with both people and everybody, you know, some people handle it probably better than others, but sure. I'm the same way where it's like, if there's a moment of awkward silence, it's like, my brain scanning to find something to talk about. Yes. And I think eventually I just like shut it down. I was like, well, this is over. Well, see you later, man. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and walk off. Um, the, uh, I think that 
if I'm talking with somebody one-on-one and I'm sharing something that I'm like, probably um, highly like emotionally invested in mm-hmm. and I'm, ex- I'm explaining like, this is what happens. I'm really like passionate about this and they're not, I can, you can sense that. Yes. And I think you have to have those conversations with the right people, of course. And there's also people that are going to be enabling to those conversations and people that are going to be disabling mm-hmm. the dis. Yeah. You don't have those conversations uh, with those people, but <clears throat> it's funny as we talk about this, right. In my brain, I'm starting to think of these people that make me uncomfortable in conversation. <laughs> and I'm starting to think of people who I can be like, I just need to talk. Can we, can we chat? You yeah. know, and that, then it's okay. Are you the same way? I am the same way. I think um, transparency, it, it, <laughs> this is going to sound super ambiguous and stupid, but transparency with like your vibe, I think helps kind of soften that initial like you know rapport building you know if you're just like hey i'm an open book i'm a person i'm super humble i'm willing to talk about anything with you you know and you can demonstrate that right in reality with asking questions that are more deep than just the weather you know the like, oh, cool mm-hmm. or make a comment that's you know got a little bit more substance than it's it feels great outside well no shit that i'm fucking standing here with you like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, let's, let, let's bring up something different, d- deeper, I guess. I don't know how to, how to say that, but I guess transparency in your vibe. That's, that's what we can coin that right now. Right. <clears throat> Do you think that growing up, you had a lot of like, because I'll just, for instance, before I ask the question, I can give a reference, but yep. like in, at my house, there wasn't a lot of small talk. There wasn't a lot of like chatter mm-hmm. going on. It was like, you got home from school, everybody went their separate ways <laughs> and it was, then you saw each other in the morning. Like, unless you were doing something as, as a family, it, there wasn't like a bunch of like sitting around the table and Hey, how was your day? Yeah. You know, that, that kind of stuff so for us it was we kind of had like this weird mix of both um so mom when we were fairly young she was working and going to school at the same time and so some of that dinner around the table stuff it would happen but it might be quick because she has to go to class at night you know but we usually typically sat around the table and ate dinner so we did have like that conversation there but very much like when we got up in the mornings like mom was already gone to work so we had to get ourselves ready for school and kind of everybody was siloed like that. And then whenever we got from school, it was the same way. And I'm super introverted and introspective anyway. So it's like, I just want to kind of go to my room, shut the door. It was the nineties. So I'm listening to like jewel and I'm crying because my girlfriend like broke my heart. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> trying to figure out where I can get the next pair of Jinkos without Google. It's really hard. Oh uh, so gosh. seriously though, I, I just retreated on my own. And I think that is probably what ultimately started to like, I like hanging out with myself in my own thoughts. So now hanging out with people or just meeting people or being in these social situations, it just started to become a little bit more awkward because it's like, I don't, 
the thing I'm thinking about could have been, I mean, okay, we're talking to me as a kid, right? Like I might be thinking about, Hey Nick, I just took apart my gun and guess what? I might, you know, my toy squirt gun or whatever. And guess how many pieces are in it? Or guess how this piece works with this piece. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Dude? Let's just go skateboard or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> That's uh, I think most of the time, even like with what you're saying is, I don't remember sitting around too much having dinner and all that stuff, but it was always, <clears throat> if it, if we had something to say, it was because somebody needed something from you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Not because they were interested <laughs> in what you were doing, Yeah. but the, uh, sorry, I, I hear the, my dogs. Oh, that's all right. <clears throat> so the, I think what's, what's interesting about it as well is like i meet a lot of different people and everybody has a different story a crazy story and i feel like i fall into the trap of my own trap of trying to put one up let's say that one up the 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 story that they're sharing i'm such a piece of shit whenever it comes to that like for real (laughs) like you think you're a one-upper I think I am, man. Like, really? I, I don't peg you as a one-upper. It's why I like you. Shit. We might break <laughs> up. Shit. <laughs> we might break up. <laughs> uh. um, no, I, I don't think I do it very often, but I catch myself doing it. And I, whenever I do, I'm pretty like self-aware as mm. far as, Oh man, I'm having a conversation. This guy's telling me, or this girl is telling me that their life story. And then I'm like, oh, you know, I did this. And then I'm like, shut up. <laughs> and it's, and I think it's because I'm nervous. I really do. I think mm. the whole thing, it comes back to nervousness, yeah. trying to continue carrying a conversation, common yeah. ground. And it's not as common as you would think. The, the one upper. Here's me not just shutting up and listening, but the one upper uh, conversation is it's a little bit hard to me. It's confusing sometimes because isn't part of like just conversation or like normal human interaction is to share your stories back and forth. Right. So if yeah. I went through a thing and you're like, oh shit, I went through a thing too. That's very similar. Maybe it was 1.2 times more than your story or whatever it is like it's not that you're trying to one-up me you're just sharing your own experience yeah yes could definitely look at it that way i i feel like even with you like our conversations um there's they flow pretty well mm-hmm. <clears throat> most of the time except for that one the ramblings of two idiots episode <laughs> that we did where it was just like right. I was tired I, and we were like, uh, 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 uh. Yeah. yeah, so I will share something though that, uh, that I saw today that says we have two ears, one mouth, mm. so we should listen more than we say, mm-hmm. which, which was to me was, uh, interesting because we don't have two mouths on the sides of our face to talk in opposite directions, but we've got ears to hear everything going on around us yeah there is so much virtue i think in being able to listen um 
yeah that's all that's all i had that was me filling in a, a blank space well it's true the uh the more i kind of dig into it and <clears throat> i think i just need to like if we're chatting or if somebody else is i'm chatting with somebody else is just know that i don't always have to give away the ending like to my story like yeah. that's you just kind of always like like Ernest Hemingway used to say is like right until you the glass is half empty and then stop so that you don't drain it completely. Mm. Yeah, he, well, it was a lot different than that, but that's the gist of what he said. <laughs> and so I think that's the same way with like conversations. It's like you don't want to give everything away like in one spot. That's kind of I, I feel like even with uh, it's got to be stressful being like a uh, well. I'll just tie it to like being a musician or the public speaking that I've done mm-hmm. is you've got people coming up afterwards that are just like waiting to tell you a story of some sorts. And I had to, you know, out of necessity, listen, of course, like I had to listen in that situation where they're trying to cram like a whole life story into like maybe three minutes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all over the place my brain's like what the fuck like what is happening <laughs> yes um, i'm like i don't know it you just you just want me to hear it like you know that's right. that's what people want is people to have a voice too and i think even with public speaking right like yeah we get up there i share my story and like tell it from start to finish and then somebody comes up and they think to themselves i can do that too mm-hmm. i could tell you my story and I'm like, it's and then it's my job to listen because I've already spoke. So yes. <clears throat> that's something that I've been watching a lot of, like, like um, just motivational speakers and and people that like <clears throat> sharing different stuff. Like, I'm getting ready to meet John C. Maxwell here, like in the next couple of days. Nice. And I was just kind of like catching up mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and trying to see uh you know like what what kind of questions when i see him because i'm not going to run up to him and be like dude you gotta hear my story man this is a good <laughs> yeah. one yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, um no it's more of uh a uh going in probably just saying like asking some questions like how can how can me being in the presence of this guy who's, you know, written a lot of books, mm-hmm. um, especially like leadership books, right? De- developing the leader within and uh, uh, all this stuff is like, he's got a lot of knowledge. The dude's got a lot to say probably. Right. And so, so it's uh, to me, I was just kind of uh, <clears throat> watching his, his, speeches tony robbins he's always been one that uh banana hands that's always been uh <laughs> a big big one for me and then uh simon sinek of course mm-hmm. too it's just uh guys that they're interesting to watch you know yep they just they have thought through a lot of different problems and have <laughs> definitely um come up with these philosophies, I guess, to help a lot of people. I think one of the, um, 
trying to remember who said it. I believe it was Tim Ferriss, and I'm pretty sure it was in Tribe of Mentors, um, where he talked about seeking out a mentor and like how you can start to have conversations with people in a way that they basically kind of want to be your mentor versus you just saying to someone, hey, will you please be my mentor? And not that you're asking John C. Maxwell to be your mentor, but to be able to approach him in a way that's like, what can I offer him through these questions versus what can I get from asking these questions? You know what I mean? It's kind of like, that's where I think Tim Ferriss was going. It's like, what, how can I help you? you know, in any way possible, how can I help you? And I think John C. Maxwell, obviously, I mean, I don't know that there's a lot that you can do for him in the time that you have right with him. Um, other than kind of reaching into his passion and what his passion is, is I assume helping people become better leaders. And so, you know what I mean? As you're, it feels like as you're writing those questions, it's like, okay, well, how can I like appeal to his passion, Mm. you know, versus shit, I got to, you know, what am I going to get, you know, from asking these questions type thing? Yeah. Well, I think that you just have to go back and ask yourself, like, if I think just writing down a list of of questions you would ask and then saying, like, if I was asked that question, how would I react? Mm -hmm. And if it's like, oh, this would be like, this guy's a fucking dork um then then (laughs) probably don't ask it um Uh, but uh you know asking those loaded questions where it's just like it takes a lot of brain power probably not good i'm not like and just so all of our listeners i'm not like oh chomping at the bit to meet this guy no it's just it's happening and so that's more of like hey the few seconds i probably will have is like hey let me ask this question and so that's uh i just think it's i think it's interesting to just public speaking in general and being engaged engaging people and finding the right way to appeal to millions of different personalities in mm-hmm. a, in a short amount of time <clears throat> i have a problem of like getting on stage in my head it's all awesome music is different but like public speaking you take the guitar out of my hand and all of a sudden i fucking like my blood level my blood pressure goes to the roof and then i'm like you know you've got to you've got to recall information like this this and it's it's crazy well it's not crazy at all but it takes a lot of practice to you would think that you know i guess takes a lot of years let's just say that mm-hmm. like i was listening two bears in one cave uh <laughs> yep. tom segura burt kreischer uh last night on the way back from maryville at like two in the morning and they were kind of talking about this subject as well mm-hmm. and how tom you know he's like man i started 20 years ago 20 or 30 years ago whatever the time frame may be he was like the first six or seven years i was absolutely horrible and mm-hmm. he was like then i finally you finally catch your stride kind of get to know yourself a little bit better and what you know what your pitfalls are and all that and i'm like oh that makes sense yeah because with music it's i know where not to go on certain nights and i know where to go 
just because I know how comfortable I am that evening or not, or whatever the case may be. Yep. I just, I haven't done public speaking enough to know that <laughs> about me yet or how to control it. <clears throat> hmm. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Sorry. You're just listening. I was trying to just listen. When I was doing public speaking, when I was working with you and we, you know, had to do a lot more of it, I guess, or I had to do a lot more of it for work. Um, there was actually a time where I was like, man, I need to like expand my horizons here. I need to like diversify the opportunities I have to like publicly speak. And an idea that I came up with was like, dude, I don't know if this is going to work, but what it's going to do is it's going to work out of a lot of jitters for me. How about I just sign up at one of these like local comedy clubs that's, you know, shitty, not the the hole in the wall ones, not the funny boner, you know, something nice. Um, just go sign up for five minutes on an open mic night and see what happens. And I didn't get the opportunity because of, well, COVID and all that, but um, it still intrigues me, the idea just to be able to work out a muscle, like you're saying, like that, just getting up in front of people and being super uncomfortable. And then, I mean, you know, you're being comfortable being uncomfortable at that point. And so then it makes all the rest of them easier, I would imagine anyway. I know that I've, I've spoken at AA meetings mm-hmm. and that's probably the the hardest room to speak to just because it's like a bunch of your peers around you that are obviously were well invested into the same thing you were at one point in your life. So they're going to call out any bullshit. Uh, but then you go and like this past few months, a few months ago spoke at a, a high school where there was like 600 kids and I'm like, walk out there. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing yeah. like, <laughs> in my brain? <laughs> my cousins, my cousins in the crowd, or he's. I'm like, yeah, man, I got this. And then I go out there. I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't have this. Ah, <laughs> uh, we froze. What happened? We good? Oh, there we go. Came back hey. around. All right. Hey, oh maggots. Uh, <laughs> yeah it's i don't get that way with music anymore though that's but i've played so many shows you you definitely like if you don't use it you lose it yeah i mean you have a groove too you're kind of in your own when you're playing the guitar that's kind of like your your physical attachment thing like you have it and you're playing it and you're singing songs you know also the audience it's art so their engagement is all I'm, I'm sorry. I'm tripping over my words right now because I'm thinking through it as I'm saying it. But it seems like their reaction is more subjective. You know what I mean? Uh, Whereas if you're a public speaker, you're up on a stage and you're talking, you're giving information, like real data that is not subjective, then the audience, their engagement level with you, I mean, that's kind of boring in and of itself, I suppose. I'm using quotey fingers. Um, so it's like you are now have to apply an art to it to now get them like, oh yeah, absorbing this this knowledge is like fun and exciting and interesting. Yeah, 
I think two is retaining the information that somebody gave you and saying mm-hmm. it back and using that to say, like, if, if we were having a chat about COVID-19 and you said, man, I'm not getting the vaccine. I just don't feel like it and blah, blah, blah. And then you give me your reasons. And I'd be like, well, that's interesting. You know, like <clears throat> reciprocating saying what you said, just like, so you're telling me this right. and this and, and, I think that goes pretty well just letting people know that you're you're engaged but the uh it's okay to have silence in the conversation and yes. it makes even though it makes me super uncomfortable i think i've trained myself now the more i do it is just be like cool yeah mm-hmm. it's all right i can just look I, at you in are, your eyes yeah i mean if you're comfortable with the person, I think you'd be okay. But have you ever been in a situation where you're not comfortable with who you're talking to? And so you just like silence is look is bad. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, a lot of times I can't think of one specifically, I suppose right now, but I know for sure there are moments in my life where I've been sitting across a space from someone and it's super silent. And you're like, in, in my mind, I'm like, what on earth am I even sitting here for or standing here for? <laughs> like, I just want to turn around and walk away, but you can't. <clears throat> yeah. Waiting for my turn to talk is also a problem, mm. which is just so everybody knows, I'm going down a list here of different <laughs> uh, conversation stuff that the, this uh, wiki how gave some mm-hmm. pointers on how to have better conversations and be a better listener. So that's what I'm basing these points off of. If anybody's like, well, where's he getting this shit? <laughs> so yes, but also I do feel like that nine times out of 10, I will lose sight of what someone is saying just because I'm trying to think of what I need to say to keep the conversation flowing. Mm-hmm. So listening to respond more than listening to like, understand if that makes sense like you're constantly thinking about your response yes or yes so more of like waiting resisting the urge to wait for your turn to speak kind of Mm -hmm. deal it's let somebody else talk when you're doing that do you feel like you're trying to anticipate what they're going to say next I think I'm like, I'm using associations. So if I have like a neuro associative deal where I'm like, oh, you may say something that we're having a conversation. And then all of a sudden you're like, yeah, but I've been lifting weights. And all of a sudden, boom, you know, everything fires in my brain. Cause I'm like, shit, I lift weights too. And my brain's like, dude, tell him, tell him, man. No, tell him now. (laughs) And I'm like, easy. (laughs) And uh, so it's it's funny though because even though writing the book and and public speaking and everything else is like i don't like to tell a lot of people that like i don't like to have that conversation that says you're saying what you were just talking about the conversation where hey i sometimes have a hard time listening. It's not that I'm not listening. It's that you said weights. And now I want to talk to you about this thing that I'm also passionate about. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And finding out what they know. Yes. That's, that's the big one for me. And, it, and not using it as like, it's just more of like everybody's, you talk to certain people that, are, and not to get off on a tangent about weightlifting, but you right. talk to certain people and you're like, you go down the rabbit hole of like VO2 max and like, how can I, what's your, how do you do this and this? And then I'm like, what? I never even <laughs> thought of that. You know, yeah. like that's the kind of like engagement that you kind of want to have, I guess. is like, you want to be that person that's like into everything. Yes. If that makes sense. Absolutely. <clears throat> I like to think of myself as the Renaissance man that way, at least in my soul, I am. I don't, I don't actually have a workshop full of <clears throat> wingsuits and shit, but like, I do want to know everything. <laughs> sounds so stupid. I want to know about a lot of things. Cause there's so many fucking things. Like if we live in, in, a, in a huge universe, like why just narrow it down to the, you know, two, three, four interesting things. Like there's infinite in- interesting things that I want to know about and learn about and talk about and all of that too. I do find myself, though, I agree with you. I find myself in that scenario more about things that I am confident in. You know what I mean? Like, if I feel confident in this area and you mention it, yes, let's explore that area because I'm, I'll be better in that conversation than, say, sports, for example. Not that I don't want to listen to you talk about sports. I love, listening to people talk about sports because I really do try and understand like the mindset around it. I don't fucking get it, but I do not to the level that most people are sports fans, but like, I love listening to it because it's something that it's so opposite of me that it's, it's fulfilling. You know what I mean? Like it fills my cup to listen to sports fans talk about how their team shit the bed or whatever it was. Right. There is, I think there are certain people that I can listen to talk about sports who are really well educated and sports stats and everything else. And I'm just not like Mm -hmm. I probably was when I was a kid, but not so much now. Mm -hmm. It, I feel like the sports thing is, is cool, but it's, I don't let it consume my life of course, but right. The, there are people that do, but the, (laughs) the fact that, um, I think as time goes by, I'm starting to, you start to better understand who it is. You, you see somebody and you like, I'm going to click with that person. Like, I just have a feeling like we're, mm-hmm. there's something about them that like, just says like, we're going to click. That is got it. Like it's going to yeah. happen. <clears throat> and I think that I find myself more wanting to be around more upbeat people and more like they've got a cool story kind mm-hmm. of people <clears throat> like most of the people we've had on this podcast have pretty cool stories yes and and i think that that's those are the guys that i'm just like you leave there feeling inspired yes like talking with mike last week right i left there thinking that was pretty inspiring like everything behind yeah. what he did and how he was just able to like you know, buckle down and make it happen. He just set his mind to something and he had the support from his uh, significant other and all that and just went for it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool because 
I think we're you like what you do, what I do. We're all pretty similar with those kinds of people and, mm-hmm. and share. Uh, I just don't never, I never want to get to the point where I feel like I'm better than other people. Yeah. I, life tends to keep me in check, I think, in that area. Mm-hmm. But it also, the fact that you even think that, in my opinion, I think you tell me what you think, but like the fact that you think about that means that you are probably not going to get to a point where you think you're better than other people. Agreed. I believe that I've, I'm very like self-aware of like what I'm saying Mm -hmm. so much as to, I will stop myself and have radio silence before I'll let something slip out. And if it does, I'm quick to walk over and say, hey, by the way, I didn't mean to say that I was your boss. That's not how I view myself, you know? Right. And it's just like, I think in certain situations, I don't like to, I like to look at everybody's like, hey, we're an equal, Mm. Um, especially after being in the military for so long is like you, you get treated as not an equal. So, you know, the feeling. And I never want somebody to feel like, hey, well, he's he's my boss and he's the one that like always makes me feel like shit. And I'm like, uh, no, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, it's more of uh, I don't click well with people who are like that either. I don't think is is people that get carried away with who they think they are. Yep, that makes sense. Hell, it makes total sense. <clears throat> yeah. But unless um, you need to be, we actually, Becky and I were just talking about this. It's funny because a lot of this is parallel to parenting. I think when you're talking about like how to have conversations and things, um, when, when you have a fight with your kids, like an arguing bout it, you quickly become privy to this like notion that, man, I talk too much. You know what I mean? Because like you're not going to win a fight with a kid ever. It's not going to happen. You might be actually the most logical person on that in that conversation. However, they're not going to let you in. And I think part of kid tantrums is just sitting down, being kind of like this pin cushion or punching bag. You know, let them air their grievance, tell you how they feel, and what you're doing is just absorbing that, and you're listening. Like, oh, okay you know, Susie, I'm really sorry you feel that way. But like, why don't you go to your room and think about it or whatever? You know what I mean? Um, anyway, so we were talking about, um, I forgot where I was going or where we started with this. Um, help me. I said, Becky, oh, you're so, Becky and yeah, I were talking Becky, about, about uh, having these conversations with the kids and, and, uh, but we were talking about, being well what were we fucking talking about shit <laughs> oh they're so good oh, at conversations oh, oh, oh. try trying to act like you know or coming off as though you're like above someone like better yes. than someone yeah i lost it i got i went down the kid path and then lost the other angle um yeah sorry well, well, hmm. well on the on the kid path too like in general like i totally get it what you're saying is because mm-hmm. 
trying to sit down and have a conversation with them to see kind of like where their head's at. I have, I feel like it's, we take on a certain persona. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's what happens. There's nobody like you and I can both relate pretty well. We didn't have a great father figure growing up. We didn't have a good example being Mm -hmm. set. And so we had to kind of figure it out, picking different pieces here and there of like who we view ourselves as, as like a dad. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's still, it's awkward for me most of the time, like 90% of the time, because I'm just kind of like, I don't know what to do with you, man. Like, <laughs> like you, you, yeah. you're just a little, little person, but you know, then it's as they get older, it gets a little bit easier, but yep. yeah. Trying to have those, like they're going through this, you know, like you remember being like 12 and 13 and like, you're going through this weird fucking phase where you're figuring out your body and like, you're trying mm. to figure out like your life and you're afraid that like you're not going to be anybody cool and mm-hmm. you know so that's what's happening upstairs you know like most of the time mm-hmm. and me trying to like navigate that and help them and i'm just i'm more of like a god damn it why wasn't the laundry done you know like <laughs> i'm i'm that dad yeah. <laughs> Uh, I was I was actually at my grandparents' house yesterday, and we were talking about this a little bit um, about my dad. And then we got onto the subject, and I was like, "Well, my uncle Scott was more of a father figure for me growing up." And I told them, "I was like, that's funny because I feel like as a dad, I'm more Uncle Scott." Like, yeah. and they were like, "Yeah, that makes sense. He, he was the you know the." biggest influence on on you growing up and i was like yeah and i gave him the most shit too i was like (laughs) because because i didn't uh i gave him the most pushback let's say that so yeah he had regimented life and and discipline and and all the whole nine yards but you're this wild creative just blowing up his world get out of here getting drunk hippie drunker in hell uh, intentionality i think is important in conversations um yes. all s- from both ends that's a weird thing to think about um it's w- assuming i guess good intention from the other side first I think that's really important. Uh, whether you know someone or not, you know what I mean? If you're meeting them for the first time or if this is the you know, 10,000th conversation that you've had with them, if you go into that conversation, assuming that they have good intentions through this interaction, then your conversation will be much more fruitful. And I think that's really important when you're having hard conversations or arguments or disagreements or whatever. Um, it's hard to have that you know, to believe in the middle of an argument, oh, Nick has really good intentions for me, even though we're fighting right now. It's really hard to do that in the moment. But I think you find yourself going down like rabbit hole after rabbit hole after rabbit hole. If it's constantly like, well, why'd you say it that way? Or why didn't you say it this way? You know what I mean? Like 
you can kind of get stuck, I think, in this weird circle that never stops. Yeah. The uh, circle for you, whenever you say that, what do you picture? Like, what are you – because you're referencing something. Usually, I am. If I'm thinking about it or speaking about it, I'm so, referencing something. Yeah, if I'm being super specific, I mean, this is something that Becky and I worked through in our marriage, you know. Like, if we're looking at, okay, well, we just celebrated two years uh, being married. And if we're looking at, okay, well, you know, what's it going to be like? We know what it's like two years in. What's it going to be like seven years in? What's it going to be like 10 years in? And both of us have like, you know, no matter what, like, this is it. You know what I mean? And and we say that just kind of given the bigger story and yada, yada. I'm not going to go into that. But like, when we're trying to say, hey, let's work as a team to be as healthy as possible. Um, for ourselves and for our kids, you know, how are ways that we can communicate better inside of our relationship? Um, and that's one of the most recent like subjects that we brought up is like, Hey, we notice sometimes if we get into about, about this or that thing, you know, and it could be innocent or it could be, you know, whatever typical marriage things, um, you kind of notice like, Oh shoot, maybe, maybe I did assume negative intentions there where I didn't need to. And that could have made the conversation even more difficult than, well, maybe it didn't even need to be a difficult conversation, but because I assumed that negative intention, it went that way. Yeah. So. Well, that's, that's interesting. And I think there's a lot to learn from that. And I think there's a lot to learn from just you saying that, marriages or or relationships in general are a lot of fucking work like (laughs) more than i ever fucking imagined and i think it's it's fulfilling work it's not like way on your shoulders you know what's the guy pushing the ball up the hill or the you know whatever the the boulder up the mountain it's not like that kind of work but it's more like rocky running up the stairs you know, kind of, but the stairs never stop. <laughs> you're, like, you're constantly yeah. going, right? I mean, you want your marriage to last forever, so you don't want the, the fight to stop, really. Um, yeah. But yeah. That's, uh, <clears throat> there's, there's a lot of truth to just the fact in general is that you look at, and maybe it's just for me recently as well, but looking at life as like the Rocky running up the stairs, it's, kind of just keeps going and going and going and i my grandpa's been pretty sick recently um and sorry it's hard oh it's all right it's hard for me to see him sick uh because how i remember him and where i hold him in my head is not where he's at currently Mm -hmm. and i i just feel like life is a huge cycle. There's a, there's a cycle that's going on and I think with people around me and uh, you're probably experiencing this yourself on some level, but people start dying, Mm -hmm. you know, people that you've known your whole life are starting to die. And I think it's a point everybody hits um we all we all of course know people that die young and and 
who, you know, that we cared about or, or whatever the case may be. But <clears throat> I haven't quite yet had somebody that I was really partial to that I've lost yet. But it's coming kind of like mm-hmm. I'm not saying that anytime soon, but I'm just saying like in general, I'm getting to that point in life where it's nature dictates to- that people are going to pass away. Yes, very much so. And with all of this is a firm understanding of, well, is it Rocky going up the stairs or is it Rocky running down just a flat road and it's just really boring? Because to me, to me, there's a huge difference. If I'm if I'm going up a set of stairs, I'm focusing. I'm having to keep my mind busy and making sure that uh, you know I don't hit that next step prematurely mm-hmm. and fa- face plant. Whereas with I'm running, I'm just like mindlessly just doing something. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I look back at life, and you know, you you wish the best for other people. You hope that. Well, I hope they look at that. You know, I. I think the biggest question for myself is, is like, I'm going to be there one day, one of these days, I'm going to be that old man. That's like fucking shit. Finally breaking down the old truck. ain't running it anymore. And, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, I'm wondering what is going through the mind of somebody in that place. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I a couple of years ago I watched my stepdad pass away. Mm-hmm. And there was I didn't watch him pass away. I shouldn't say it like that. Um I it was a process <laughs> months long of you know. Um but <clears throat> there was a moment a day actually, a moment during that time period. It was an entire day I sat with him in his room and listen to him i mean for it would didn't last all day but he would go through these like spats where he was like almost wailing in like this mental agony of like apologizing to people people i didn't i didn't know and they weren't in the room but he's like he felt so terrible for whatever he did to these people in his life and he came into our lives like kind of later in his life. Like he was 50, I think something like that, 53 or something. <clears throat> Whenever he, he and my mom started seeing each other and like, um, so he had this entire life before we ever knew him, you know, right. and all these experiences, but whatever happened, there was so much regret, like in his soul, like at that time that like, I, couldn't help you know we talk about listening like i couldn't there was nothing i could say and nothing that he probably wanted me to say there was nobody could say anything in those moments but like i remember thinking like damn the last thing i want to do is be laying in that bed with that kind of like agonizing pain going through like the inner workings of me (laughs) you know yeah so i know that's a little bit of a tangent um but yeah, it's no, like, it's how can you get to that point? Like from that point, I started saying to people like, oh, I'm going to view my life from like that point backwards. Like, you know, the, in the things that I do. So like, is this going to make me happy when I'm laying on that, you know, in that spot? 
or yeah. will I regret this? You know, it makes decision-making a lot harder. Right. There's, there's a lot of people <clears throat> better. I feel like better like that. Right. Mm-hmm. I recall my grandpa when he was dying, uh, other grandpa, <clears throat> they, it was a different time, I guess. That's the excuse I've given him. But <clears throat> he treated me pr- pretty poorly, had nothing to do with me. Um, and which is the persona my father's taken on since then. But the, I remember walking into my grandpa's room as he was dying and him saying, Hey, I'm sorry for treating you like I did all those years. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, I was like, I didn't want him to go. I remember feeling that way. It was like, why the fuck didn't you tell me this 10 years ago so we could do this now? You know, like we could have some time together. Right. <clears throat> but but uh, I think that was, I, as we I was talking with my grandparents yesterday, I just said, you know, it was, I told them that story. <clears throat> I said, I was probably like nine or 10, I think, whenever that happened. And I left there kind of like really sad then. Like I was just kind of like, oh, grandpa's dying before I got there. But then it was like, well, fuck, you know, like yeah. it's uh, and then I hear, you know, like I told them, I told them, I was like, well, that's what's going on with my dad right now, too. You know, like is is he going to be on his deathbed? Mm-hmm. doing just just what you were just talking about and i think he will be yeah because of of how uneducated he is i'm gonna say uneducated because i'm not gonna say stubborn because he doesn't get that word because yeah. i feel like that that gives him power but yeah. um let's say uneducated because of how much time he hasn't spent on bettering himself yeah you can't yeah i mean what can you what can you do you can lead a horse to water yes you can fucking drown a minute i'm not sure i'm trying to figure out how how do we circle this back to, to having conversations but actually yes we can circle this back because i think death that whole um kind of adventure in and of itself it really is like that's that's like the end of someone's ability to pass along the wisdom that they've gathered through their life right i mean like you can't when someone passes away unless they've written it down like their wisdom is going to pass away with them right unless the people in their life have asked them the questions that you know need to be asked in order to like kind of drag that wisdom out of them and so i think you know, that's, that is why having good conversations is important. Like, Mm -hmm. because on a granular level, you know, it's a granddad teaching his grandkid how to be a man, you know? Um, But on a big, like macro level, it's how do societies like get along and how do laws get passed that make sense for everybody? And, you know, all that, how do you build a culture? You build it around the ability to communicate with each other. Otherwise we're just fucking cavemen throwing rocks and beating on our chests, you know? Yeah. The, I just always chalk it back to the movie. That's like right behind me is 
Goodwill Hunting. And mm-hmm. I always remember like listening to Robin Williams talk as a psychiatrist in that or a therapist in that movie and thinking, I wish Robin Williams was my therapist because <laughs> yes. he's really easy to talk to and he, he can tell you he, he cares. Um, but uh, that's that's funny that he's probably a good would be somebody as a good listener. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think to bring it full circle though, and to bring that back around, it's a lesson for us. I'm not going to say everybody's going to learn a lesson from this episode, but a lesson probably for us is like be a good listener now. So you don't have to be talking a whole bunch to apologize for for everything, you know. I guess. Yeah. But uh, I would challenge people that are listening to this: if you want to see what it's like to have to be quiet and listen to somebody tell a very intense story and hear it, go to an AA meeting. Even if you're not an alcoholic, mm. go sit in an AA meeting. And listen to people talk because you're going to find out a lot about yourself in those moments and just like what you're made of too. I've sat and listened to 18 year old kids and I've sat and listened to like 80 year old men tell the story of like, Oh, 40 years ago I was an alcoholic and you're like, Jesus Christ, like, what are you still doing here? But, uh, it just never goes away. Right. But it's there's a lot to be learned from people that have gone through those kind of hardships. Yeah. And lost family members and lost stuff because of a substance that controls their life. I almost think more than maybe people that haven't, they've they've got a almost got a better understanding of life in general to an extent. I would agree with that. I think the more, I was going to say the more adversity, I don't know if that's correct because that kind of invites adversity. <clears throat> Although I, I struggle with how I believe in this, but I was, let me finish my first thought. The more adversity a person goes through, probably the more they know about life, the more wisdom that they've been able to kind of get out of the universe. That said, you never want adversity for your kids, right? Not the kind that th- puts them into the throes of AA, for example, or right. addiction that leads them to AA. <clears throat> um, but adversity is a good thing. I mean, shit, we were just talking about Millie, for example, our um, 10 month old. She just crawls off of things. She has no fear of the edge of the bed or anything that she's on. It doesn't matter. She just thinks if she, you're holding her, she's trying to get out of your hands. Like, eh, get out of me. But, you know, like wants to jump off. And she's like, she doesn't know that she cannot like land this situation. She's going to fall down and hurt herself. And Becky and I like agreed, like we kind of probably just need to let her fall so that she can yeah. learn. Like this is a piece of adversity she needs in order to learn that, you know, cliffs are bad. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but it's like, how do you safely, you know, introduce that kind of adversity to your kids? And of course you can make that whatever you want, you know, whatever challenge you want. So. Well, that makes, 
total sense too. It's like, she's never experienced that. She's not going to know until she does that. Like, Hey, I don't want to do that again. Right. Or so it's almost yeah, like, gotta, uh, I just hope it happens when I'm not looking, but I hope it doesn't kill her. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think and you'll probably totally agree, but like the hardest thing is to see your kid get hurt. Like, Oh yeah. Like really get hurt and see him cry where, you know, it hurts. It's uh it's a pain that I do not like. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody else's kid is fine, but not mine. All right. Fuck them kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fuck them kids. <laughs> no, but yes, I All agree. Right. I think adversity, <clears throat> adversity definitely um, strengthens wisdom or, you know, allows a person to offer a lot more of it. Correct. Well, man, this has been a sweet episode. Actually, yes. it it went from talking about like having being a better conversation holder to death and fucking destruction. My favorite. <laughs> 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 All right. So, well, let's wrap it up. Uh, I have no shows coming up anytime soon until June, so I don't have any details. I guarantee there will be some, but Justin is detailing cars and yep. I'm it's a show every cars. single day, every day at 8 a.m. There's a, a there's a Radwash show. You can do yep. it online. You can book your ticket to the show. <laughs> any, oh, any day you want tickets. To. I just bought tickets to Tom Segura at the Pinewood Bowl in Lincoln in July. I think I just saw an advertisement for that. Nice. Yeah. That'll be a good show. Really good seats. Like nice. right in front of the stage. And I was like, oh my God, why am I doing click this? Where your rad country hat. Yeah, Bring your microphone. Definitely. Throw it on stage. <laughs> I'd, like to, I'd like to speak too. I know you're doing your, your little funny haha show, but I'd like to speak. Your little funny hash. <laughs> uh, you got to watch, uh, if you get a chance, watch Ball Hog is uh, special. All right. It's, it's fucking funny. He says that. So I just ripped off his joke. But Oh, perfect. The thing I bet he loves that other people do. Oh, yeah, totally. I'll <laughs> let him know. But all right, buddy. Well, uh, uh, have a good week, everyone. We will have another episode out this thursday and we'll be with shane raymer that sober guy podcast uh, and we're uh talking uh, 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 bye 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 guys